Welcome to Brawny Conversations. I am Patrick Braun, your host. This podcast will provide our listeners with informative and entertaining discussions held with experienced people covering a wide range of topics. If you want to shorten your learning curve or just learn more about one of our topics, this is the podcast for you. Enjoy our discussion. We now resume our episode two Brawny Conversations discussion with Rick Thibodeau on Ironman and triathlon training and racing. So you've been doing this for for quite a while Mm -hmm. uh, and you've done it quite extensively. Beyond just the satisfaction of completing these milestones, what have been some of the benefits to you personally from pursuing Ironman and endurance sports? Yeah, so um, obviously the health benefits, right? Um, I I think that's a big part of why we most of us do this stuff, right? It's just to stay in shape. So certainly the health benefits, although I, I guess some of it kind of beats us up too, but for the most part, it's, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a healthy passion addiction, whatever you want to call it. But, uh, yeah, it was humans, then, right? We're, we were meant to move and in yeah, yeah. today's work environment, being white collar workers, we, you know, aren't as active as, um, you know, our bodies need to be. So, no, I, I'll tell you one of the, one of the big things I fight with the run and everything is, is exactly what you said that this work environment where we sit all day. And one of my biggest issues is, is my hips, right? Mm-hmm. Get out on the run. But so anyway, so that the health and the health benefits and, and then obviously the friendships, um, you know, that the, so many people that I've met, you know, through the sport, some good friends that we all train together. I mean, obviously you're, you're one, um, but, uh, it seems like every, everybody you meet, you know, in the sport, you end up meeting people through them and, um, it, you know, and, and just a lot of good people that you meet and it, it's a very welcoming sport. Um, I mean, everybody's seems to be cheering you on. It doesn't matter, you know, what level they're at, whether it's a pro or, or a first time or whatever. I mean, everybody's very welcoming and takes you along and um, will help you out in any way they can. So no, those are great. Those are great points. And, you know, I mean, just as a, a, a good example, I mean, you and I met in the grandstands of high school baseball. Sure. Absolutely. Right. And yeah. then come to find out that I'm training for a half Ironman. You've done a bunch. And uh, then we, you know, that turns into a natural progression beyond the grandstands. And now we're riding bikes together and we've got this little group and, you know, the the wonderful social aspect of that is sometimes, quite frankly, I'm not as interested in the ride that we're going to do. You know, the five hour ride we're going to do. I'm more interested in catching up with my buddies and the conversations we have during that period of time. Sure. uh, Absolutely. Helps the time go by, too. (laughs) It it does. It does. But generally speaking, right through these activities, you just meet great people and build these friendships. Um, And that's really what life's about is these interactions we have with with people. And and, uh, it's fun. So well stated. I, I think another another big benefit through this was, you know, obviously my whole Ironman journey started when my my son was a year old. But, you know, I kind of always hoped that you know, it might set an example for him and, um, you know, and for others that, that what's possible with, you know, the dedication and the consistency, the hard work that you put in to get to race day. And, you know, and he's encouraged me all along, you know, to keep going. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, and I, I look back now at, at what he's done, you know, through his baseball and his school career and, uh, 
and I tell you, sometimes I sit back and, and I look and I, I, I look at what he does and his dedication and the work that, that he puts into all of this. And I'm like, man, if I put in half that amount of work, how good would I be on race day? Because <laughs> well, it's, it's impressive what these boys do. And your son, you're seeing it with your son, too. We talked about it on a ride recently, what what he's putting in up in college now playing ball. And I tell you, the the, the work that these boys have to put in these days, it's it's impressive. And uh, It is. But, but I will tell you, Rick, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> and you've been a great example. And for all of our listeners, Rick is a, a very – fit, energetic guy that's positive as you could ever want. Uh, but there's no lacking in physical fitness uh, with Rick. He can, he could go out and he could run a marathon with zero notice tomorrow and, and would, would do it very well and be fine the next day. So very so, great example for your son and, and everybody else as well. Thanks, so, thanks. Rick, what advice would you offer someone? I'm sure we're going to have listeners out there who, you know, think about doing this type of thing, but have no clue where to start. What advice would you give someone who's interested, but just doesn't, doesn't know, know where to begin? Yeah. So I think, I think finding a group, um, or a club, uh, is a huge help, right? Whether it's, whether it's one person or a tri club or, you know, a small group of guys, whatever, um, and this just enjoy it. I mean, go out and swim, go out and cycle, go out and run and, and, and do it for the enjoyment. I mean, if, if, if you don't enjoy doing those things and it's going to be brutal, I mean, there's some days I don't enjoy going out and running, but, but there's other days when I run and I'm like, and this, this is, this is just awesome. I mean, you just out great weather running, same thing with cycling. There's other times where, well, you and I had one of those moments last Sunday when we're trying to make it back to the car on our ride. We're like, why are we doing this? But, but you know, it's, it, you got to enjoy it. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and then, you know, once you hook up with a group or, you know, a club or whatever, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, you, you, people will help guide you through it. They'll take you along and, and, um, and people be willing to, to share everything with you and, and help you along the way. So that'd be my, my advice for that. That's, that's great advice. And, and what I took away from that is enjoy it, right? Enjoy yep. the activities, enjoy the process. And one additional comment I'll make on there is, is that I can guarantee everyone out there, if you, you know, you don't want to do some of this stuff, but I guarantee you after you do it, you feel great. I've got, you know, running workouts that I just dread doing because they're hard and they take me to the red line. But every single time after I finish, I feel so great and I'm glad I did it. So sometimes just getting started is the hardest part. You're always going to feel better afterwards. Absolutely. All right. Um, so you've helped me tremendously with nutrition advice for both my 70.3 and the upcoming full. So let's take a deeper dive into that a little bit and share your personal approach to nutritional needs for a full Ironman distance race. Um, well, when I started, that was one of the big things, right? Trying to figure out nutrition. And, and like I mentioned, I mean, this was, and I'll talk about, you know, Ironman. So we're going back, what, 16 years ago, I guess, when I started. And I started doing these long rides and I'm like, man, what do I take with me, Right. 
Um, mm-hmm. and some of the, the, the drink products on the market at that time were, were not very good. I, I mean, I couldn't drink them. I mean, there was some stuff, they were kind of milky and just, they were just not good. And there was no way I could carry, you know, multiple bottles of that and it getting warm. And it, once something got warm, there was no way I could, I could take it down. So, mm-hmm. so now I'm looking at carrying just loads of, you know, gels or bars and, you know, how do I carry that for a hundred miles? Right. Yeah. So I was looking online trying to find something and I stumbled across a product called infinite. So it's infinite nutrition. And it was a, um, you order it online and you could do a custom formula. They had set formulas, but you could go in and do a custom formula based on your, all of your needs, whether it's protein, you know, caffeine, calories, um, electrolytes, whatever. And I'm a big sweater. So I, I need to focus on electrolytes because back when I started, you know, I was also carrying salt tablets and Mm. everything else. Right. So this was a all in one, um, product. So it comes in a powder, um, two scoops in a 20 to 24 ounce bottle, mix it with water, pick your flavor and you're set. And basically it was, it's drink one bottle an hour and you're good to go. And I found that and I've been using it ever since. So, um, I mean, obviously you have you, you on race day, I'll, I'll go to race day, but on race day you have your normal breakfast and that's something, you know, that you need to get accustomed to. So you're ready for race day. You need to understand what you're going to eat on race day. Yeah, man, to put it in perspective, right? Just to, for our listeners here who haven't done an Ironman, I mean, start is usually around daylight, which at this time of year is that 7 to 7.15 time frame. But you're right. up at 4.30, right? Yeah, yeah. The, right. So you're talking about eating your normal breakfast at 4.30 or 5 in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're eating, a, you're eating a breakfast in the morning, then you're heading out to get everything set up for the race. Um, you know, back when the race is all the races used to be a mass start, right? And they really don't do mass starts anymore. Most of the races, but mass start would start at 7 a.m. And the course shut down at, at midnight at 17 hours. Um, so you eat an early breakfast. Um, and then I would always, you know, have a drink to sip on during the morning before the swim. And that was usually a bottle of infinite. You might have a bar or something you eat before the race or a gel or something. But, and then once, once the race starts, obviously you're not eating anything on the, or drinking anything on the swim. Um, so you get out of the swim, you get on your bike and that's where nutrition has to happen. Um, pretty much all of your nutrition is going to come on the bike. And, um, and for me, it's, it's six bottles of infinite, one bottle an hour. Um, I'll usually at our special needs, um, station where you pick up your special needs bag halfway through the bike. You know, I replenish, um, my bottles. I'll have three bottles to start, pick up three new bottles at special needs. And I'll usually have a sandwich in there, some type of sandwich that if I feel like eating it, I'll eat it. If not throw it away. Um, and then hit the run. So the, my, my drink on the bike has protein in it. And that's where I get my protein you know, for the day. Once you hit the run, it's very hard to digest 
protein on the run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's a, a different formula for the run. So there's a couple different products infinite has that I use on the run. Um, okay. they do have a, a same type of formula, just no, um, no protein in it. Um, for the run, they also have a more concentrated type product that you can, you know, I put in a flask and use it as a gel. Okay. Yep. And, um, and then, you know, there's aid stations all along the course every, you know, every mile or so that, uh, you know, there's gels and they call it a buffet. I mean, there's chips and cookies and fruit and, um, you know, water, Gatorade, chicken broth, Coke. <laughs> so at, that, yeah, so, at that point, at that point in the run, it's all about just keeping the calories so right. that you can finish. And, a, right? and it's a, it's tough because I mean, you know, what you've seen on the, on the, on the training rides too, right? I mean, putting down your, your drinks in the first half of the ride is not a problem, right? It's when you get to that, the back end of the ride where you're just, you're tired of drinking stuff. Your, your body's getting beat up. you you just don't want to put any more down. You just want water and it, it, it takes practice and, and discipline to continue to feed yourself when you don't feel like it because your body just, it's going to shut down if you don't. Yeah. And I think, you know, what I've learned, Rick is, is tapping into people like you that have a ton of experience and asking a lot of questions. It's, it's very important for, because nutrition is very individualized and everybody's yep. body's different. So that you got to ask the questions and then you got to try and try and try, right? Infinite, maybe it works fantastic for you. I'm actually using it. It's working well for me. Yep. There are others that it doesn't work for. Right. And, and so you've got to, you've got to explore and during your training, use these products um, to find out what's going to work for you. Cause you don't want to get out on race day and have a problem. No, you're exactly right. I mean, infinite's been my go-to. It's simple. I don't have to think about it. And believe me, once you get to the second half of the bike, you don't want to think, I mean, your brain doesn't work at that point. Um, you know, it's just keep moving forward, keep moving forward. (laughs) And, uh, and, and so it it takes all the thinking out of it for me. I just gotta, you know, just force myself to, to do it. Um, it doesn't work for everybody and, but there's, there's plenty of good, good products out there on the market now. Um, so yeah, you just got to try it and you just gotta, you gotta practice with it. You you have to practice with it, right? You've got to keep putting coal into the engine. You just, you gotta have the, have the fuel to keep going. That's right. Very good. So, so Rick, you've been doing Ironman racing for a long time Mm -hmm. and obviously we all know your body changes, over time, over a period of years, right? You're, you're different athlete today than you were 15 years ago. It's just the nature of things. So how have you adapted your training and approach to races, uh, over the same time period? Um, well, when I first started, obviously the goal was just to get to the finish line, right? I mean, I had no idea. I, I didn't, I didn't know I could get to the finish line, but that was the goal, right? So I did every workout that, that my plan called for and it was intense. I mean, it was, there were a lot of hours. I, I mean, way more hours that, that I'm willing to put in today for any of these races. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I knew going forward that if I was going to continue to do these races, cause when I did my first one, I didn't know if it was a one-time thing or maybe do a couple of them or one every few years or something like that. I didn't, I didn't know. And, um, but 
I knew when, once I started to do my my second one and my third one and fourth one, I was like, I, I there's no way I can keep that up that amount of training. I just I just could, right? Yeah, I got a young got a young son, my family, you know, family, I work, everything else, and they just know what. So yep. I knew I could make it through, right? And so it was how much can I dial back my training and 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 stay at the I'll say the volume of training and stay at somewhat of the same level. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So my first Ironman I finished in twelve hours and five minutes. And I was blown away. No, it couldn't have fast. gone. Yeah, it couldn't have fast. gone any better. I mean, it was I unbelievable. Right. And so I was always chasing, well, if I can do 1205, I can break 12 hours. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I've never done it. I went <laughs> so to Arizona the next year. I went to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, because people in my tri club had told me how beautiful it was up there and what a great race it was. And I went up there and did that race. And it was right. Completely different race. A lot of hills kind of riding that we don't get to do down here, mm-hmm. but just beautiful. And it was great. And I finished that race within a minute of my Arizona time. So 12 wow. five. Yeah. And then went back to, so at this point, some of my friends, John McCraw and some other guys through my neighborhood had gotten into it and started training and they wanted to do one and they were doing Arizona. So I was like, well, I'm going to go do that with them. And so I got in, got in Arizona and went back and did Arizona again. And I did that race in 1205 something. So That's your first, time. That's your number. <laughs> so my first three races were all within a minute to a minute and a half of each other. Right. Okay. But I, I was thinking, well, man, I'm going to easily break 12 hours at some point and it's never happened. Right? Wow. But yep. each one of those races, you know, I did the volume of my training dropped off. Okay. And so then I got to a point where I'm like, look, I want to continue doing these races, but I'm not willing to put in the amount of time I think it's going to take to get, to hit that goal. So there's obviously still a goal in mind when you go into a race, as far as what you think you can do time wise, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. But then there's all conditions, you know, you've got race day conditions, you know, a lot of factors that play in, and then you just got to adjust on race day. And, you know, so there's races I've done where I probably should have beaten going under 12 hours, but I didn't execute properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It cost me, um, overcooked it on the bike in Florida, had a great, my best bike time ever smoked it. Great bike, but I had nothing left on the run. I should have easily, you know, had a PR in that race and I didn't, but yeah. So, um, so really nowadays it's, it's more about, you know, putting in the training that I can to get me to the start line and the finish line. Right? Okay. It's Makes not sense. about, it's not about getting me there so I can go a PR on the swim, a PR on the bike, a PR on the run or overall PR. It's just, you know, I'm 57 years old now. I'm, I'm I don't expect a PR any day. <laughs> That's right. Well, and, and there's, at this stage in your life, there's other priorities as well, from career to watching your son play baseball. You know, there's family. You know, you've got family in Louisiana, and there's things involved there, and and uh, you're not letting triathlon rule your life. 
No, you're exactly right. I don't, I don't, um, there's a huge sacrifice from a family um, standpoint when it comes to these races and the time it takes to go, you know, to, to do the training. Um, there's a lot of things you miss because, you know, not just, you know, well, I can't do this on Saturday cause I have this long ride, but it's, well, I can't do this on Friday night either because I gotta be ready for my long ride on Saturday. <laughs> so I, I try not to let it interfere with, um, with life and what's going on. Like I refuse yeah. to, I refuse to miss my son's baseball games. I will miss any training to be at his games. Matter of fact, I would miss training this weekend. His, his, his club team is playing in a tournament this weekend, but unfortunately he's injured right now. So he, he's not playing. So it allows me to, to go out and, and, um, and train this weekend. But otherwise I would be out at the ballpark. Um, instead of riding with you guys, you know, for whatever, four or five hours in the morning, I would be, uh, trying to sneak in an hour or two late in the afternoon when I got home. And like, yeah, you, well, and, and you're a perfect example. I mean, you're, you're not riding with us tomorrow because you're going to watch your son play baseball tomorrow. <laughs> yep. There's priorities. And that's, that's the beautiful thing is, is, is yeah. if you manage it, you can remain balanced, but you also, the cautionary tale is, is be careful because, you know, training for an Ironman can also overrun your life and, and, and put you out of balance. So you've really got to be active and you've been a great example to how to maintain balance, uh, while you're pursuing the, the, you know, the sport. Yeah. And another, another thing it does, and, uh, John McCraw mentions this a lot. It's a friend of ours that, that we train with. And, and John always talks about how he enjoys the training and he enjoys the structure that it puts in, in his life during, during the whole training process. Right. Mm-hmm. In that, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to fit your training in around life and everything that's going on with work, family, everything else. So you figure out times to get your training in. So, you know, does it, it does interfere with at some points with family stuff, but I always try to make sure that I'm there for family stuff. I'm there for, you know, whatever needs to be. So a lot of our training is done when family sleeping, (laughs) Yep. <laughs> you know, true. early morning stuff. There's, there's late night stuff. There's, um, you know, quick swim at lunchtime. There's, uh, you know, quick workouts during lunch, that kind of stuff. So that, you know, you're around. Yeah, so. that's true. Great best practice. Okay. Yeah. We've got to redirect here now. And we want to talk about your quest for legacy status, which you've mm-hmm. obtained with Iron Man and what I call the quest for the golden ticket. And, you know, what I'm trying to figure out is I don't, I don't think this was a goal from the start. Cause you mentioned you, you didn't know if you're going to do, you know, one a year or one every few years, but where did kind of it start to register about this legacy status and when did it become a goal for you? Yeah. So uh, it was never a goal. I mean, well, it, legacy status wasn't even around when, when I started, the only way to get to Kona was to qualify which I knew that was never going to happen. Um, and then, um, they had a lottery system. So I thought, well, you know, we'd enter the lottery every now and then just to, to see if we could get a spot. But I think they were giving out what a hundred spots, you know, every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I don't know. It wasn't until I was, I don't know, six or seven races in that the legacy program came out, I, I guess. And again, at that point, it still wasn't a goal because I'm like, man, that's a lot more to do. 
You, know. <laughs> you bet um, it is. So kind of what happened with me was I, I guess I, I mentioned earlier, I'd, I'd done six and then I hadn't done one for three years and it was my 50th birthday. So I did that race. Right. And then it was another three years before I did another one. And what happened was, uh, and I think John, who John, I think has done eight now. I think this will be his ninth. Um, he had taken a long break. I think he hadn't done one for like five or six years. And so he and I went out to Ironman, Texas to watch a friend of ours do Ironman, Texas in 2018, I think it was. And I was at, John was out there all day. I was out at the ballpark watching my son play. So I didn't get out there until, you know, they were on the run course. And when I walked out to the woodlands and, and walked out onto the run course, I was like, "Uh Oh, this is not good. <laughs> and I told John, when I saw him, I was like, we need to stay away from the computers for a few days. Cause this is, I think we have the fever again. <laughs> and before the end of that race, we're watching the race. John's talking about, Hey, we got to do another one. And he's got his phone out trying to figure out what races are open. He and I were signed up to do, um, the Marine Corps marathon in October that year. And so we're here at what, I guess April was the, um, was Ironman Texas. So we're in April we knew we had Marine Corps marathon in October and John's looking at races that are open. He goes, man, Wisconsin's open. And he said, uh, he goes, that's perfect. We could tra training would like, you know, the time frame for training would start like next week. We could do Wisconsin in September. And then that give us some recovery time to go do the marathon. So he calls me Monday and says, I'm clear. I got the hall pass. We can go. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And took me a couple more days to, to really think about it. And then we signed up and I didn't take that race real serious. I mean, I did the training and didn't put in the training I should have. And that was, that was a hard race. It was a very difficult bike course, but a uh, beautiful town, beautiful scenery, but uh, one of the more challenging courses I've ever done. But, and then after that, it just kind of took off from there. Um, John was back into it. He had the fever. And so it, it comes back to, you know, your friends and everybody you meet. And then along the way, I met a couple other guys, met a guy through work who was doing one was just getting into it. So he had the fever and it just seemed like every time I did one, there was somebody else that wanted to do one and kind of pull you back into it. And and so I was back on track. And then once I got to, oh, I guess my my son was telling me I had to get to 10 because there was actually a point where uh, my bike got stolen at one point. And I was like, well, you know, I can just retire at this point. Otherwise, I got to go buy a new bike. And Zach, my son, told me, he goes, well, hey, you can't retire because you got to get to 10. And so... I had to go see easier. Cannon. I had to go see Cannon buy a new bike. <laughs> oh, it's easier said than done, right? Get you got to you got to get to ten. Okay. And so. then my then all my guys, all my training buddies were like, "Oh man, if you're going to get to ten, you got to go to 12. And so that's, that's, that's kind of how it came on. Well, so uh, I mean, has it hit you yet that that next year at this time you'll have competed 
at the Kona World Championships. Yeah, that's crazy. So they, they just ran it, what, two weeks ago. So I, yeah. I followed it closely and I wasn't so much about seeing results or anything, but I watched a lot of that online. There were actually two races, a women's race on Thursday and men's pros on, on Saturday. So I got to see the course a couple of times and, and it was really about just watching the course every camera angle I could get to see the course, to see the environment and to, um, you know, to understand what's going on out there. So I'm excited about it. It's a, uh, it's a big unknown out there, but, um, excited about it. And, but I got to focus on Arizona here in a few weeks. I get that. Oh, yeah. got to get through that one first. So. I know I'm excited for it. I think, uh, racing in Cone will be amazing. Uh, it's obviously tough conditions. It's hot. It's windy. There's elevation, but what an experience and, you know, might be the capstone to your Ironman career. And yet again, you might be one of those guys that are still crossing the finish line at 80. I mean, who knows, right? Who knows? I can't imagine that, but we'll see what happens. Well, I don't know what else you do, but that's awesome. I can't wait to see. All right. Let's, uh, this is my favorite question to ask all guests. If you could go back to your 18 year old self to give yourself advice, what would it be? Oh man. Um, Yeah. I can't say I would change anything. I I would just go back and and tell myself, just chase your dreams, enjoy your time with your family and friends and, uh, and just enjoy life. That's, that's pretty good right there. That's pretty good (laughs) right there. Yeah. Outstanding. All right, Rick, we're going to transition into our rapid fire brains and brawn segment. I'm going to ask you five quick questions and you provide me with five quick answers. Here's number one. What's your favorite movie? 10 cup and Caddyshack. Good choices. What's your greatest accomplishment? Marrying Dana and raising our son, Zach. Absolutely. Dana and Zach are definitely the crowning achievements of your life. What's a goal that you're still chasing? Obviously, Kona. <laughs> of course. And uh, retirement. It's crazy that we get to think about that right now, but uh, yeah. Fantastic. Okay. If you could spend the day with anyone, past, present, or future, who would that be? I'll give you, uh, let's see. I'll give you both. So, present, I'd say Donald Trump. <laughs> Past, my grandparents, and you're like this one. One more, one more past, and that would be Babe Ruth. Oh yeah, that would be an entertaining time with the Babe. Mm-hmm. I think he he uh, liked to have a lot of fun while he was off the uh, baseball field. I think we'd need <laughs> a cig- we'd probably have to sit at a bar and have a cigar. Oh yeah, the stories <laughs> the stories that would be told. All right, question number five: Where is your favorite place to travel or visit? Um, let's say, uh, summertime, the beach, um, you know, Florida, Alabama, Gulf coast, mm-hmm. uh, wintertime, enjoy skiing and then Arizona anytime and looking forward to being there in a few weeks. Oh yeah. Those are, those are a few things that I enjoy as well. <laughs> great, great places. All right. Well, uh, fantastic discussion today. Absolutely loved our conversation. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, whether you're just an average, you know, working parent like myself or, uh, you know, a seasoned pro athlete or uh, and whether it's Ironman or anything else, just just enjoy the process, the friends that you make along the way and, and all the benefits the journey brings, um, you know, race day. Race day is the celebration of the journey. And, and I mean, race day is, is always so much fun. I, I, it doesn't matter the results. I've had some horrible race days. I've had some great race days, but, uh, it, it really is the celebration of the whole journey that you go through. And as I tell everyone, just, just have fun and enjoy every minute of the race and smile. And, uh, and just remember this Ironman slogan, anything is possible. Rick, way to close it out. Fantastic commentary. And I want to thank you again for this memorable conversation. I appreciate your insights and I'm sure our listeners will as well. If any of our listeners would like to connect with you, what are the best ways to do so? Um, good question. <laughs> I don't do a whole lot of social media, um, but um, my email is rickjthib at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah. Reach me there. Very good. Thanks for sharing. And any listeners want some advice from Rick on life perspective or how to train and prepare and compete for an Ironman, he'd be a great source for you. Well, that's a wrap for today's Brawny Conversations podcast. Special thanks to our guest, Rick Thibodeau. And I also want to thank each of you for choosing to listen to this podcast. New episodes are posted each week, so please remember to follow us and let us help you shorten your learning curve. Have a great day, everyone. You have been listening to the Brawny Conversations podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend time with us today, and please subscribe to the podcast to receive our latest episodes and give us a follow on social media. New episodes are now in production, and we can't wait to share them with you. Pursue your passions and help others along the way. Have a great day, and thank you for listening.